This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. Hey everybody, this is Joshua Lewis with The Remnant Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You will find uh, to my right, uh, your left, I've got Jeff Gray, and then on my left, your right, I've got Edgar Bassan. He's the pastor of the Methodist Church over here uh, in the DFW Metroplex. We'll get a little bit more about that, but tune in today. We're going to be talking about communion uh, and the sacraments. It's going to be awesome. everybody. Joshua Lewis here. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to The Remnant Radio. For those of you who do not know anything about Remnant Radio, Remnant Radio exists to challenge orthodoxy, embrace diversity, and empower people for practical ministry. Orthodoxy just means things that are commonly taught in the church. The Bible says that the Word of God is nullified by the traditions of men. So we are looking to uh, make sure, as we read the Bible, that those uh, that what we're teaching in our pulpits, what we're dialoguing in our Christian communities, that those things are really actually biblical truths and not traditions. The best way that we can do that is by embracing diversity, having different pastors and teachers from different churches and denominations coming on our program to make sure that we're in, we don't have thought bubbles and that we're echo chambering to ourselves. And then finally, we want to empower you for practical ministry. John 17, 3 says that eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. So any theology that we present on this program, its purpose is to empower your life and transform you for the better and for God's glory. To my left, your right, you'll feel, find the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Gray. Jeff, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I just got pretty clever. On the, uh, I, when, I, when I shared it to my personal page, mm-hmm. I, I just put in the comment section, I titled it, Drink My Blood. Ooh, clever. <laughs> and I put, yeah. insert metal font. <laughs> oh, yeah. Facebook needs a metal font. Get on that, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so, uh, as always, Body I will be monitoring font. all 
comments and questions, so please ask your questions. There should be a lot of questions tonight. This is a pretty, like, wow, blow your mind. It's like the church has split over this before or something. Uh, yeah, almost, like they did that once. Um, but yeah, so go ahead, and also, we want to know where you're listening, where you're watching from, so go ahead and shoot us a comment about where you're watching from. Please like, share the page, share the video, do everything you can do to get us out there, because this is for the glory of God. Amen. So, let's jump in. Yeah, so, on my left, your right, if you're watching, you will find Pastor Edgar Bassan. Am I saying it right? That's right. I love it. Okay. And uh, you're new to the program. Someone actually recommended you. I reached out to you, said, hey man, what are you interested in? What are yeah. you passionate about? Here's some topics we could cover. Uh, and you picked communion. So, before we talk about the topic, let's talk about you, a little bit about who you are, where you're from, how people can get connected with you. So, you're probably going to notice a little of an accent there uh, from Mexico. I've been in the U.S. for oh, four right. years. I was, I was convinced it was Louisiana. Are you, are, are you watching the World Cup? I was going to ask, are you watching the World Cup? Are you enjoying Me- I'm telling you, Mexico looks like a legit contender. Like, out of nowhere, honestly. Guys, answering my prayers right now. Yes, so. all right, man. <laughs> anyway, so yes, my wife and I came to Dallas 14 years ago, and uh, we've been doing ministry since then with the United Methodist Church. Well, we are Methodists since Mexico, but uh, yeah, we have two children, and uh, I'm serving right now in a church in Dallas. Okay, all right. Yeah. You know he's really from Mexico because he says Mexico. Mexico, yes. Of I know people who say they're from Mex- Mexico, and they say, <laughs> I'm from Mexico. Mexico. I'm like, Maybe your mom, maybe your grandma, but not you. (laughs) So yeah, thank you for the invite. I'm really happy to be here. No, it's an honor to have you on, Pastor. So give us uh, a little bit of of insight into where your church is, how people can get connected with you guys. Just shameless plugs, you know, get them out of the way. Yeah, so well, I serve in the the United Methodist Church, and my church is called Tyler Street. Uh, United Methodist Church is in Oak Cliff. Nine, uh, nine twenty seven Western Street. Okay. Zip code seven two eight. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and you can look. You can look us up, of course, in Facebook. Tyler Street Church. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Tyler Street Church. You guys are in. Um, you said on Oak Cliff. Oak Cliff. Yes. So <laughs> where? Okay. So. I'm. I'm. I've been in Oak Cliff. I was just in Oak Cliff last week. Where's Tyler Street and adjacent to Polk Street? Okay, actually, we're on Polk Street. We are from Polk and Tyler on 10th Street. So is it is oh. it which south north? So like uh, of 35. I uh, will be uh, south 35. No, okay. north 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 35. Okay, okay, okay. That that give me an idea of kind of you know, general vicinity. I always, I always have a hard time south. with north, south, west, east. No, I hear you. Yeah. You know, it's difficult to keep up. with Oh yeah, so now. people are gonna like fact check you. <laughs> this guy's a heretic. All he doesn't right. know what north is. Yeah, what's going on? Um, right. No, it's. You know, our faithful viewers. Um, so really excited about today's program. Uh, we're going to be talking about communion. Uh, some, some you know, uh, different groups or traditions would call, uh, the, it's a sacrament, but they would call it the Eucharist. That's right. Um, so communion, Eucharist, depending on what denomination, what flavor of Christianity mm-hmm. you're in, uh, would call it those two things. Some t- people call it the Lord's Table or Holy Communion. Uh, but of of that introduction of what this topic is, give us a little bit of insight on on what it is, why we do it, and why are we even having this conversation? Well, Jesus Christ said, uh, I mean, the, on the night when he was betrayed, he said before that happened, he uh, communed with the disciples, and he, he had what we call or understand as the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And when he was breaking the bread— Yeah, we've all seen the painting. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, oh that, <laughs> wait, that's it, then we don't have any more. That's it, we're done, you know? Uh, so anyway, uh, he said, take it, this is my body which is given for you. And then after that, he took the cup and said, this is the cup that uh, is poured out for you. For the, and it's, it is the new covenant that I'm making with yeah. you. So at, at the core community, it's about Jesus Christ culminating his work or telling the disciples what is it that is about to happen and the, and the significance of it. So if you want to talk about Christian faith, you have to talk about communion. Mm-hmm. Because that's what, you know, 
with really uh, 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 everything comes together from the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's good. Yeah. So, that's really good. Yeah. So, so there's we have. I thought in my studies. Meeting this afternoon, I uh, <laughs> I discovered what I thought were like three main positions, but now I'm hearing there's like four and five. So let's get into like so what is we got the typical the there, one the Roman yeah so Catholic Roman position Roman Catholicism has kind of held the predominant position uh, for I mean what a good thousand years before the Reformation took place in the early 1400s right so okay. Catholicism uh, is has taken over I say taken over in the sense that they are the one. They're, they're, the, they're the only other option. Before they were the, the Roman option. Catholic Church, they were just the Catholic Church. They were just the church. <laughs> yeah, Catholic right. means unified. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah, I mean. so, yeah they're, so they're this unifying church. The doctrine, um, at least up until the point of the 1400s, is what we call transubstantiation. That's right? correct. So, so it is the idea um, that when Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, it is a literal command. And... <laughs> it's like a real metal song, right? And, and that when they're partaking of the bread... Um, when they're partaking of the the wine, that it literally turns into the flesh, and it yes. literally turns into the blood. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, the word transubstantiation so basically what it means. So you have the word trans, which means change. Mm-hmm. You know, I change the transition and uh, and this other substance. Okay. So what the Roman Catholic Church uh, has taught since uh, their Fourth Council of Lateran uh, in the 13th century is that uh, uh, during communion, the bread and the wine. Uh, change yeah. yeah and they become the like, body of and the blood of not Christ. symbolically no it literally changes. like All, although blood the, yes although the bread and the wine uh remain with the same uh texture uh, texture yeah it is now the body and the, and the blood of christ so that's basically the roman catholic position okay and and, and the reason that's important that us as believers go well why does that matter why do we care um uh, I, I, th- I would think the primary reason is because of their view of justification and the way that they approach uh, this event, that this thing is yes. taking place. They would say, okay, look, this turns into the blood, this turns into the wine, and the priest is actually, ca- they are once again crucifying Christ afresh right. for, for the believer. And that's where the issue lies. Yes. It's, I mean, it's not so much, even though the it, the literal transubstantiation, <laughs> yeah, the stuff's changing into literal blood and flesh is weird and gross, honestly, mm-hmm. but the fact that they're, again, like you said, they're re-crucifying Jesus they believe that this is like it's not like a continual. Well, I guess they believe that like this is a continuation, like it's one event, but it's a, it's also separate from the original crucifixion, the death of Jesus Christ. Well, Am I wrong? No, no, that, you're, okay, you're right. In, in a sense, they they believe that the priesthood is the intermediate between God and man. They don't believe that that is solely Christ Jesus. That, that so that there's the, not one mediator between God and the man. Catholic Church and the priesthood <laughs> of the Church. I mean, I'm only let's quoting do, them. Let's here. say Roman Catholic, because I got people out there. They there's, will yes. like. They're like. <laughs> okay, correct. I'll yes. be fair. I, I'll, I'll be fair. I apologize for throwing you guys all into the same, uh, throwing you all out with that <laughs> bathwater. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. So, right come on, bro. So, so uh, ho- the 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 Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Thank you for that distinguishing mark. Um, they the the priesthood are the administers of grace. They administer the grace from God to the people. Okay, right. So they are the the high priest, if you will. And this is an opportunity for them, just like the priest that goes in on Yom Kippur to sprinkle the blood. They are readministering the blood of Christ regularly to the body. Right. Um, to and keep then, them, from what I understand, keep them fresh. the measure the measure of grace that's that's given is in correlation or like it's in direct parallel to the amount of like 
faithfulness or something of the person receiving it. So it's not even like a full measure of grace from God. Yeah. It's it's based so much, it seems like, in works and practice and, and all these other things that, I mean, well, I hate to say yes. it just seems so obviously unbiblical. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's one of the challenges uh, with this uh, conversation that it has become so complicated, has become so... Uh, uh, tangled with yeah. many things. And it's opinions. convoluted, as exactly. I like to say. That, 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 that is a great word to describe that. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you have to look at it, at what Jesus tried to do, you know? Yeah. What was Jesus doing? What was the context of having communion with the disciples that last time, that last night? And he wasn't using fancy words. He wasn't explaining in a metaphysical way yeah. what was happening with the bread or the, or the right. wine. He was uh, expressing the disciples not, not even a last teaching, but a practice for them to fellowship right. with one another. And one of the greatest yes. truths of that is he had not yet died. Uh, correct. Right? Correct. Like he, correct. He, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say, um, my, my body's on the cross and I'm crucified. And it's not after you, the resurrection. When you take this yeah. drink and when you take this cup, this is literally my flesh yeah. and literally my yeah. blood because he hadn't been crucified yet. Yeah. 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 Which and, I guess so it begs the question, what is the motivation of then wanting to get, like you said, the metaphysical aspects? Like where did this... Well, you, I mean, we, we went... We always... We're always trying to understand, to uh, to understand the value, significance of the words of Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it's a healthy practice to study as much as we can uh, what Christ meant or what happened, you know, uh, in a mysterious way with the, with the bread and, and the wine. And and of course, there is value to that. But in doing so, sometimes we lose track of what actually was meant to be right. in the beginning. So I'm not going to say that we're we going to strain out a gnat to swallow a camel kind of deal. Well, <laughs> yeah, perhaps. So I'm not trying to say do not pursue those understandings, but uh, be careful of not getting, getting distracted. Right, from the purpose. Yeah. Yes. And unfortunately, Correct. I mean, we, we with the Roman Catholic Church, we've seen um, a level of, uh, I don't want to, okay, um, I'd say maybe manipulation, I guess, in a, in a sense, with, Selling salvation. Well, there is a dependency on the church. A dependency on the church yeah. in a way that, you know, it's almost yeah. like we have to. Um, it, it seemed like okay, you know, we're, this is not simply um, a practice to remember um, or to uh, you know just to honor Jesus or or just to bring in the church into unity. You better be here because if you don't, you're going to hell. This, this is your. This is the blood and the body that you need for today to get make yeah. sure you're saved today. And don't be thinking about skipping next week because <laughs> that's what. Well, that's how it. Yes. That's that, what I'm. And that would that would be one yeah. of the first points is that it would have a a uh, what's a, a salvific application that there is a justification that takes place yeah. or a regeneration, a continual now, regeneration that takes place in yeah. communion. Let me let me play a little devil advocate right yeah, here because I mean. I think I think that's what perhaps you may say is one of the greatest weak weaknesses, but also one of the greatest strengths because uh, one of the things that Roman Catholic uh, Catholicism does well is uh, to encourage the, the the believer to practice the sacrament on a oh, day, yeah. on, on a weekly basis. I think I told you this earlier. Yes. Like I'm I'm actually for people practicing in the sh- yes. in their homes daily. Like the fact that an unbeliever can come into their midst, they're eating and drinking, and they're like, "What? What are you doing?" Well, this pro- this tells the death, burial, yeah. and resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like I'm for yeah. um, regular. I know people would resist continual communion every Sunday or every day that yeah. you meet together because they find it religious. But I'm for it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, and so. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, of course, I'm not, I'm not a Roman Catholic. I'm not here to defend Roman Catholicism. But, you know, as a Methodist, you know, one of the things that we try to do is to seek understanding. And, I mean, of no, course, I hear you. Yeah. We, we share that. That's, that's the, the point that. of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I see in, in many Protestant churches is that we have diluted the understanding of the practice of the sacrament of communion and to the point that we don't even encourage people to do so. Yeah. So what you were saying, uh, yes, I mean, uh, there is some sort of uh, misunderstanding perhaps or misguidance, but also there is uh, there's something being done right mm-hmm. in that regard, in that people, uh, they know that they have to come and confess, for example. Sure. There's a deep anguish, so to speak, before someone takes communion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a confession moment, however that is practiced, uh, but it's taking place, uh, which many times doesn't happen. We don't encourage that as often, you know, in some of our Protestant uh, oh, churches. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I mean. Uh, no, we, yes. we, we, we would say that. I, I've, he's heard me say it from the pulpit. Like uh, the one thing that the Roman Catholic Church has nailed is confession. Like I'm a big believer in confession. Yeah. I think it's a, a, a step of faith. I think it's, it's moving in the right direction. It's, um, again, I, I believe confession is not only uh, an admission of fault, but it's yeah. also a, an acknowledgement and an acceptance of what God says about yeah. us. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I've committed the sin. This is not what God has called me to do. Yeah. Right. Confession literally means to say what God says about us. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you and I'm for you. Uh, uh, again, the only reason I would make a distinct, a distinction in talking about this is again, because of the way that we view justification. Yes. Again, mm-hmm. the often what we'll do. I talked to this about a student when we were in at camp this this year. He was uh, atheistic, agnostic, and we're going to camp and we're talking about theology. And one of the things that he'd brought up was old earth, new earth, this kind of like science based Bible conversation. And I asked him a question. I was like, okay, if I if we had an argument right now, and uh, I could try to convince you of red, green, blue, and cyan, that the, the colors of the color spectrum are built up of not just RGB, but RGB and cyan, right? And you can disprove that cyan wasn't a real color in the color spectrum. You would knock out the fourth leg of my argument, therefore invalidating the true part of my argument, right? So um, I think what we've done in, in looking and inspecting the Roman Catholic movement is you said, look, the, what they teach is wrong. Therefore, everything they do with communion that's wrong too. We yeah. kick it out. So, that's so what we would really say. Point. Uh, uh, let's keep the other legs. Let's keep the practice. Let's keep the ritual. Let's keep the honor and high loftiness of God. Let's keep those things. But let's let's make sure that the way that we view justification, that we view sanctification, that we view regeneration, stays intact with true orthodoxy. Yeah. And I think yeah. is that a fair way of? I of, think. Uh, of pres- yes. I would. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I cool. think that. I think. Sure. I, I just that, that's why my heart is to not. Um, want to see people driven to do things that are really of the Lord, mm. but f- being fear driven, yeah, or being course. shame driven. You know, sure. that's just my. I'm not saying that that's their driving, but you're you a on. great point because, yeah, you know, I have a I have a friend that he he brought up something to me a while back, and he's like, you know, the reality is is that well, no matter what we say about the Roman Catholic Church or the Catholic Church, whatever, we all can find historical Absolutely. roots from our faith currently yeah. to yeah. what was being taught, and and and. We were raised up, and there's things that we believe that are because of these these fathers of the faith. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that well, even along, even the term so. Protestant, we've brought it up five or six times yeah. in the program. The term Protestant just means to protest. Protest, right? Like we're yeah. just you know, um, even the Reformation initially did not start as a hey, we're doing our own thing. <laughs> they wanted to reform the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah, they right. were in rebellion. They wanted to see this thing 
um, uh, amended. They wanted to see, you know, when you were raised in a church or a, long, a large part of your time, has you've lived in one church and they have a specific area of theological error, your heart burns for that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to leave and go do your own thing. You were yeah. raised there. That's, that's well, all you, you know. Love the church. You want Which to I guess kind of would people. actually yeah. is a good transition because Martin Luther, then yes. we have the next that's kind right. of the, the belief system, is which was... Um, Y'all said it was the Luther, but it has a specific word. It sounds like transubstantiation. Consubstantiation. Okay, there you go. Woo! Con, con meaning with or beside or yeah, yeah. So this one is the sponge. Yeah, I'll let you you illustrate this one. Yeah, I mean that's one of examples that is typically used. So the word "con" substantiation. Oh my god. I'm having a hard time. Really. <laughs> um, is, Just do what we do. Just it's different from the Roman Catholic position as in the bread and the wine do not change. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the presence of Christ is is present all around. You know, it's present in the bread and in the wine, although they don't change, they don't transform. So okay. someone uh, has explained this by using the analogy of a sponge. You know, when you dip the sponge in water, the sponge, you know, becomes all full of water, but the sponge doesn't change. It's just full of water, okay. you know, mm-hmm. in every, you know, everywhere, right? Inside, around, everywhere. Yeah. So that's a, that is an, an analogy to describe or to, exp- or to explain uh, this theological position of so what happens. Instead of, instead of actually literally, literally changing, it's not even symbolically changing, but no. somehow something that's physical, the blood and the, and the body of Christ, has now become... I don't know. Well, it's, I'm really lost on this one, man. <laughs> well, well, really, it's thing beyond thing beyond the body and the blood. It mm-hmm. is about the yeah. real presence of Christ. Okay. I mean, the persona of Christ being present there, uh, Christ having communion with us. So when we practice communion in the Methodist Church, that's the position that we have. You know. So uh, it's the presence of Jesus that that surrounds. Yes, that in, is present around, in the elements. I see. Okay. Yes, but it's not the the body and the blood that is present correct is but it's the presence of yes. jesus himself i see okay correct that's correct. really good okay i can almost get down with and that. it's it's not symbol it is not a symbolic uh uh you know uh, it's not experience it's not something Check. that uh doesn't happen we actually believe that christ uh, is present when we partake together in communion hmm. in a mysterious way now uh how to explain it beyond that i mean <laughs> it's a mystery, right? right. It is okay. a mystery. It's, it's not a manifestation. It's it's a, a habitation, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's not it's, it's not it's not that it's not a type. Christophany. It's not when yeah. Jesus manifests Himself. It is a it is a an infilling. It's an Acts two. It's a it's a okay. you know the Spirit comes into something. Right. It's not there. It's not manifest in a Shekinah sort of way, like an actual tangible glory. Think, yes, think of it as if Christ is honoring. The supper, the last supper that we had, that he had with the disciples, mm-hmm. he's there, he's there, he's he's partaking the bread, he's he's sharing the cup, he's mm-hmm. there present yeah. uh, with each one of us. He's not overseeing that from a distance. He's there, you know, okay. uh, among us, between us, all around us. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So, um, in 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 this, it it that was my my lack of understanding. I guess I thought that there was like some sort of like where it was not literal, but kind of still like it li- wasn't literally changing but it was literally possessing the body or the the sorry the 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 substance the of the, the yeah. elements yeah i don't know all the terms I no, you're okay you're okay. sometimes so um but where is there if there is a breakdown because we want to make sure we're getting this right yeah I mean, that's the whole point is, is, is there a breakdown um, to me it seems like jesus 
um, my position is that Jesus is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father in literal human form in a glorified body. Am I wrong there? Yeah. So the essence of Jesus, so I would say if we're saying that Jesus is possessing, uh, we would say, I could say the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit presence of jesus could be possessing but is that it can that be can we eat holy spirit i mean can that that be biblically verified is there a proof text that you're aware of for the spirit indwelling communion yeah i mean we're we're going back again to what we were talking a few moments ago uh we're trying to understand this right sure sure. i mean the bible doesn't tell us exactly what happens right yeah it just uh when jesus communed with the disciples he said you know take it this is my body this is my blood do this in remembrance of me as right. often, you know. As but they were you. looking at him, that's, that's so he, they knew it wasn't his literal blood, his literal body, because like staring at him. So what was different? It had then, to be. What was different is that Jesus was present. Jesus broke the bread. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jesus was present. Right. So, so his presence. We, we experienced the same. Oh, we experienced the same experience, so to speak, of the first disciples. Okay. It's interesting because that's what Paul says in First Corinthians. This is what the Lord revealed to me at the Last yeah. Supper. He yeah. said that this, whether he had a vision or something, or the Lord spoke to him and, and explained to him what took place at the Last Supper. That that he, you know, you know, what yeah. I'm referencing. Uh, yeah. yeah. So so as he's breaking the bread and he's drinking, he's he's experiencing it. Yeah, yeah. In I that mean, sense, just imagine sure. Jesus holding the bread, being all surrounding the bread and the cup and everything. And whenever we break the bread together. Jesus is present, as yeah. fully present as he was with the disciples. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's really interesting because I think of the the, the two men on the road to Emmaus mm-hmm. and how, you know, m- did our hearts not burn mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah. And when he broke the bread, that's that, when that, that's their when eyes were open. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that's when, when revelation yeah. come. And that's when they were like, oh, we're in the midst <laughs> that's of clever, God. Bro. That's clever. <laughs> you know, so, I'd never seen that. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, that's I right. mean, that just came that's to genius. me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's like, I wasn't prepped, but this is super deep. Oh my God. He's making it, it real. He's, been, it he's real. been practicing all week for no, that one man. moment. He's no. like, yeah, I just, I totally I just, didn't even. Out of the blue, you uh, wasn't know. even ready for this. I was praying in tongues into my breath. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Okay, so, so well, yeah, we will ahead. we will make lots of tongues jokes and homeschool jokes yeah. hey, because that's our yeah. people, right? But, so, yeah. um, anyway, so so Talking so, so that to say, <laughs> what, what those are those are the homeschool girls that go to our church. Um, so when we're when we're talking about again that infilling. Why would that be something that would even be argued? Again, not not to disprove, not to bride bash, not to say, hey, you guys are wrong over here. We're right. Why would that even be a point of contention? Why would Martin Luther make the case for, are you aware of, of why he would try to say that the Holy Spirit is present in that event? Is it experientially that when he takes the bread, when he takes the, you know, the wine, he, he experiences physically something that, that, that is tangible in a way that's different? And because of that moment, because of that grace that he feels in that moment, that he says, okay, I know that maybe Christ's body isn't here, but I, the presence of him is, is in well, this. Well, I mean, we can argue about this for a long time. Oh, no, sure, long. sure. I'm but, just no, trying no, to yes, get the insight. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I think what really is critical here for us to understand is the significance of what Jesus was trying or did accomplish with the disciples, which was uh, Jesus was showing them uh, grace. Mm-hmm. Jesus was showing them his love. It is First uh, John three sixteen that says, "In this we know that we're loved. That Jesus loves us because he laid, uh, uh, he lavished his love upon us as dearly beloved children. He died for us because oh, yeah. he died for I'm us. Sorry, right? you're, I'm doing First John one. No, so no, no for, because he died for us. Yeah. Uh, so the point has always been for us to understand 
why communion is significant as it relates to uh, what we experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In communion, we experience God's grace, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. In communion, we experience God's power. Grace as it relates to forgiveness, power as it relates to new life. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, it, it is hard to argue why it's, why it's someone had a different position and sure. then someone else had a different position. But if you, be, if you look at the biblical context of what Jesus was trying to accomplish was to teach us about God's grace, God's love, and God's yeah. empowerment for the church and for right. the disciples. Yeah. And um, so that would be the way that I, you know, that I present it, that I, that, that I explain it, that I uh, convey to people. It, it is an act of grace to empower us right. uh, for a new life. You know, what I, from my understanding, because I have a good friend named Tony DeVere that's really well-versed in the historical aspects of these things. And, you know, he communicated to me once that, because um, we've had these kind of debates, yeah. and, and or not debates, but basically me sitting there getting schooled. Um, <laughs> but uh, where, you know, Luther was trying to actually build a bridge between Calvin okay, yes. and, good, and the good, ones that good. were still like, no, this is literally the body, yeah. literally yeah. the blood. And, you know, and that, and, and you can kind of see there, he's like trying to, okay, yeah, well, it'll be symbolic, but it'll still be there, you <laughs> yeah. know, so we're going to, yeah. we'll find that middle ground for you guys. And so, um, and then also, I mean, as I was reading and, and thinking about this, it kind of, and, and I, I don't, I want to sound negative, but it, it kind of. I don't want to say reeks of, but it uh, it has it emanates an odor of someone that once upon a time was part of something that he really like. Yes, I'm about this. And as he got his eyes kind of opened, he was like, "Whoa, that's not true." Mm. But as Shrewdest, but it's hard to let go. Serpents, but but it's hard to let go kind of, of at the same time because when you are when you honor someone for so long and yeah. you and you sit under yeah. teaching for so long, it gets in you and your convictions can kind of get. You know, well, no, so, yeah. solidified. So where you're like, I can't recognize that as true anymore. But like, my conscience is like, yeah, we oh, can havoc you. on me. So like, I'll kind of, I know I can. I'll eat find bacon. A, I'll find a middle ground here, right? Yeah. So, so how about some faux bacon, bacon bits, or something? Yeah. <laughs> turkey <laughs> bacon, turkey yeah. bacon, meat, yeah. meat flavored fruit roll up. Yeah, correct. Mm, so you, I mean, you, you have the the mother church room. I mean, the Roman Catholic, you know, transubstantiation, and then you have uh, Luther, and then. You referenced John Calvin. He was, I mean, his position was about the communion uh, uh, being uh, a, a spiritual, the, the spiritual presence of Christ, you know, in around the elements. And then you have Holdrich Swingley talking about a memorial. So all these people trying to understand, trying to express to the church, to the congregation, the significance of communion. Yeah. Uh, and you see, I mean, and I'm sure there were other positions <laughs> that we can, if, if we dig deeper, we can find those. Uh, but at the end of the day, people are trying to understand why this is relevant, why this is significant. And um, uh, uh, whenever I whenever I teach about this, I always at the end direct people to what Jesus was trying to accomplish, uh, you know, that night. Yeah. The and, heart of uh, the matter is, as so, you said, to empower to give grace. So, yeah. So, yes, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Consider this. Jesus celebrated the Last Supper or had the Last Supper on Passover. Mm -hmm. Right. Know? That's why they were in Jerusalem. Which is really what they were doing, right? They yes. were actually having Passover. They were having Passover. Yeah, was, yeah. So, Passover, what is Passover? Uh, it is the it is the uh the event uh through which the Israelites were saved uh from the angel of death. They this was the 10th plague uh that God was sending through Moses to the Egyptians, and God told Moses, tell the people that if they 
sacrifice a lamb and use the blood and cover the the, Correct. the doorsteps with the blood, then their firstborn is yeah. going to be Oh, and they got to eat the whole thing. Saved. They got to eat the whole it's thing, too. Don't forget that. They yes. got to eat it. Yes. With the staff saved. in hand. Bitter, <laughs> yeah. So that took place, and that became the Passover. Now, why that is so significant? Because that was the first sacrifice uh, in relation to their salvation, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they had to make a choice. They weren't forced to do that. They had to make a choice to believe to believe in that. Now, that meant the beginning of their freedom, their liberation. Mm-hmm. That was the the uh, the uh, bestowing of God's grace upon their lives, for them to be free, to live as free people, as people of God. When Jesus had the the, the Last Supper uh, on Passover, it's almost well. I believe that Jesus was connecting both. Uh, events, oh, absolutely! Right? You well, can't miss it. This is this is actually. Y'all were talking about this before the show. You had said Judas was there for communion, and then you had said, well, or maybe he corrected himself, and then said, but there are also other accounts where he wasn't there. I meant the um, washing of the feet. But this actually, is but this ahead. is actually uh, John made a connection for me that um, we did the uh, John John Bunn, who's actually producing our show. So hey, hey John, right not at me if I'm wrong. Um, but but that the afikomen is the hidden bread. It's the portion of the meal. So they're they're all having Passover. They take Passover, yeah. right? But then there's this hidden bread and this hidden cup that comes oh, out yeah. at the end of the meal. Yeah. So Judas had left. He had left. And, and he had right. said, he said, you know, uh, Judas, go and do what you know you're supposed to and do. And now he they kind of do that. That's like their Easter eggs for little kids. Honestly, this is <laughs> it this really is, is in Jewish culture. This is eschatological, in my opinion, um, <laughs> because it says in First Thessalonians that the son of lawlessness has to be revealed before Christ can make himself manifest. And it says once Judas had left. Jesus told them about how he's about to glorify himself. So in, in my mind, it's both uh, past tense, present tense, and it's got a future application, but yes. that's a different show. Um, um, so so, so Judas, Judas leaves, and then that, that afikomen is presented, that hidden bread is presented. Nobody understood what that third bread was for. The children would actually, and John, I need, I need confirmation on this. The children would go and find it. It was part of a game. The, yeah. the, the, the master of the house would go and hide yeah. the afikomen. That's what I'm saying. That's like the Easter eggs now. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, so they would bring that out. They would break the bread. He, he'd deliver that. They would drink together. So, so he revealed, I, I suppose, the final purpose of yeah. that portion of the communion. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the culmination, basically, of the story of Israel in Jesus Christ, their Messiah, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you had the lamb that was sacrificed, you know, in, in Exodus uh, with his families. And then you have the lamb of God being sacrificed, you know, offering himself in sacrifice, uh, not being killed, but offering himself, you know, for the sake of, uh, of you know, humanity. And at that time, Jesus fulfills his role of God's uh, salvific, salvific purposes for, for, for creation. And as it was back then, it was an act of liberation based on grace. Mm-hmm. It was not based on merit. I mean, grace actually is about God doing something for us that we're unable to do for ourselves. Well, right, like the guy who put the, the blood on the door, and he's like... <laughs> You think this is going to work? <laughs> I'm not sure, <laughs> but the blood's on the... D- he didn't have to have faith in the blood. The blood was there. Is that enough? <laughs> yeah, for yeah, real. Yeah. Like, like, are you sure? Like, no, I'm pretty sure this <laughs> is it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I can hear the kid at the table. Mom, do we have to eat the eyeballs? You know, sure, like, <laughs> sure. Actually, I don't think they ha- they ate the eyeballs. There's portions of it that they had to be brought out and burned. I'm but sure eyeballs were I'll go bad. look it up. Yeah, so anyway... Uh, Fact check. This is... Um, in, in my mind, this, this is what really... Uh, should be said as often as we can, is that in communion we are extended grace by God, or reminded that we have been that God has been extending grace to us yeah. constantly, because we forget. I yeah. mean, 
sin happens, life happens, and we forget. Yeah. And we feel ashamed, we feel guilty. Mm-hmm. In communion, we're reminded that we're welcome at Christ's right. table. Now, that is, that is the first part of this, when we experience uh, forgiveness through our confession. Uh, but then where most of us struggle is the next part, uh, be living once again in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because uh, it is not just a grace to be forgiven, but the empowerment to live like Christ. Yes. And communion helps us to realize that. Right. Mm-hmm. Both we are forgiven, we're welcome, and then we're empowered. Yeah. And if you look at the Bible, the people of Israel struggle with that constantly. They forgot who they were or who they meant to be. And if you look at the, at the, at, uh, at the epistles or the letters of the apostles, they are almost always addressing the issue of, of people's identity in Christ. Yeah, that's right. So in communion, we're reminded of that. Yeah. We are loved mm, that's good. and we are in both yeah. and we are in power yeah. at the same time. Well, it's, it's, it reminds me of like the scripture in, in Song of Solomon where he's like, I'm going to prepare a table in front of you, you know, in front yeah. of your enemies for you. Psalm 23. And yeah. now so we're, you know, when we're in, we're in the kingdom of, of, of light, we're in the kingdom of, of mm-hmm. Christ we're no longer a part of the kingdom of darkness. And like you said, when we're going to be struggling, you know, that, that Romans six verse, you know, where I'm like, I'm doing things I hate and blah, 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 blah. It's not, it's not me. No, it's not me. It's sin in me. And it's that it's the enemy. He comes, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. We got to be sober minded and constantly looking, but we're not in that camp anymore. We're no longer at enmity, enmity towards God. We're, we're, we're with him. And it's that constant reminder that he is bring. It's an, a constant invitation. He's like, don't, this is not a one-time event. I want you to continually come and sup with me. I want you yeah. to continually come and be with me and be near to me and, 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 and all those things. And, you know, Peter was about to deny him. That's right. Yeah. And he's like, you know, Judas is off doing his thing, but Peter is about to do his thing too. We can't forget that, you know? And so it's that constant reminder that Jesus desires nearness with us. And it, the invitation is always open um, and, and in, in spite of our failures and all of our sin issues and everything, we're, we're, we're being consecrated, but we're still, we're in the process yeah. still at the same time. Yeah. You have to imagine that first Passover, right? Like, again, we referenced it like, are you sure this is gonna work? I don't know. Yeah. But then the second, third, fourth, fifth one, you miss a spot like, right there. like, yeah, <laughs> they, they go, well, it worked. It's yeah. done. But already yeah. has been accomplished. So it's already been That's finished. What's we've already been delivered from, but it's already past tense in the past done, finished. We're doing this to remember what was already done, yeah. and that that the firstborn died, right? That's yeah. that's why they're doing it. They're they're eating the firstborn lamb, the spotless, blemishless lamb, because they remembered that the wage of sin that was the firstborn that had to die. Yeah. And then Christ comes into the world, and he's that he, he is, is the, the lamb, but he's also the firstborn. Yeah. He's he took he take yeah. the wage of the wow. sin of now the that people. whole like I'm going to fulfill everything kind everything of thing. He's fulfilled. Yeah. He fulfilled both sides. That's right. He did the lamb part, and he did the first son part. Yeah. He brings Ooh. both. The, he brings wow. both he uh, the, the Jews and the Christians yeah, together man. at that moment. Yeah, or, yeah. You know what is to be. The and, it's, Christian and, and what you're seeing is, I like you. He's he's bringing in the old Passover, you know, the old Old Testament, whatever. But he's like, yeah, it's what we're doing, but it's also different now. But it's, it's also it's like it's this memorial. New, this is the. It's like yeah, it's like we're going to honor that and we're going to show and I'm going to fulfill that. I'm going to show you everything. But at the same time, this is now the new covenant. Mm, we're no longer going to lean on those things, and we're not going to have to do that year in, year out, yeah. which kind of comes back to, you know, the issue of... It's repetition. Repetition. Sure. Um, and I was, you know, we were saying earlier, like, I think that the reason why we don't do that so much in our churches um, is because, you know, we're afraid of, I don't want to be religious. Well, the only time... We're getting religious because we don't understand what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We don't understand the depth of it. Like, you know, 
I was saying we do worship every Sunday. We do sermons every Sunday. We do we pray for a nation every Sunday. Um, that's not religious. We we don't feel. Re- I mean, hopefully we're not feeling religious about it. But when we're getting into this somehow, some way, we're like, oh. And I think it's because it's we're we're. I think we're doing it wrong. Well, I mean, we have to also realize that communion is an act of worship right, right yeah. in itself. Come on, bud. It's not a duty. It's not something that we do for God. It is something that we have welcomed. It is what God, through Jesus Christ, has accomplished for each one of us. And if we are to r- realize that, then our whole devotion to God will be just, will just flourish. Yeah. You know, because that's why when we remember what Christ has done, uh, our uh, instinct uh, is to worship God. Yeah, no, to thank God. God, thank you. It is an yeah, act of worship. It, it is. is worship. It is literally eating with the Lord, having fellowship. Yeah, you know, so and, it's, and it's also a proclamation. You know, it, it, correct. There's there's so many applications to communion. It is it is fellowship. It's the community of Christ coming together. And again, um, not not slamming on the way that we do it. I mean, we personally, you know, we've got the, the little wafer that we peel back <laughs> yeah. and behind the wafer we got the juice in there, you know. It seems very it's, commercialized. It's, it's very it's very <laughs> no, sterile. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but the way that the biblical narrative would paint communion is even in the Gentile church of Corinth, yeah. right? It's a meal. They're it's, hanging it's, out. It's people messy. are I mean, eating together. crumbs on the table. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's spill on the table of, you know, wine and people are, you know, having fellowship. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's it's this this opportunity where the body of Christ comes together in covenant and community right. with one another. That's that's the thing. I think that when I were, we kind of, we do it together, but like I was saying earlier uh, before the show is that it's like we get together and then we all like go into our little isolation bubble mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, you do your you do your communion over here, I'll do my communion over <laughs> here, and someone kind of gives a little teaching on it and we read the scriptures, and but we're like we isolate ourselves because it almost feels like you know we're, there's an element like you said of confession, there's an element of introspection, you know, introspection and stuff like that, which is healthy, but at the same time, it's you know you I asked the question earlier like, well, based on that and how we kind of do it. Um, is it something that someone can do in the privacy of their own bedroom, in their own prayer closet? That's a fair question. And, and I will say... You kind of went, and then you shook your head no. Well, that is <laughs> not what I have learned. I mean, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm always open to new understandings, but that is not what I have learned so far. Okay. And uh, community is meant to be practiced with the body of I Christ. I would believe the same thing, yeah. Yes, because, it, I mean, we're reminded of what Christ has accomplished mm. for us. And the the goal of the Lord's Supper uh, is to give thanks together mm-hmm. right, with the body of Christ. Yeah. You know, but what about Eucharist. where two or more are gathered? So, I mean, yeah. maybe you could do it with your family at home. Of course. Yeah, of course. okay. Well, so in we, the Methodist tradition, uh, uh, we, uh, uh, the clergy are the, the clergy. ones. That's where I was going to ask next. Power or with authority to bless, to consecrate the elements. Okay. okay. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule if, you know, there is not a clergy present or we also, I mean, but, Actually, not because the person is unable to come to your house, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's no one, right? You are in a place that is far from, you know, uh, uh, someone that can help you. There. Right. But we also practice what we call a love feast, in which that's we, where we steal that word. Yeah, we, we 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 call we we have a love feast in our service that we call our fellowship time where we okay. shake each other's hands and hang out and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, people uh, people get to eat the bread and, and, and share the wine, but we don't we don't. Uh, we don't say that those elements have been consecrated as the body and the blood of Christ, hmm. but we practice that as a, uh, uh, 
you know, a way of and again, you know, not to, not having to, communion, not to to hammer or smash. This is not that at all. Just again, just trying to have inquiry and insight to discover how you guys practice this. Um, if if I'm if I'm correct, and I don't know that yeah. I am, um, that that for you guys, it's more of an honor and respect in in carefulness of communion, more so than it is you can't take communion on your own. It's, oh, there's yes. not there's nothing. Um, greatly supernatural that takes place when the priest bless it. Yeah. It's just a way of reverencing and honor yes. what's already... It's just a, a mode. Well, I mean... This, is that correct? Yes. And this is... I wouldn't be a Methodist if it wasn't for this. Okay. If we had a different position, I probably would think my allegiance. <laughs> but we practice what we call open table. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, that is extremely significant. Uh, we, you know, whenever I officiate communion uh, or we're celebrating communion, Always say like this. Officiate communion. Yeah. Mm. We we. I'll say you know we say this table doesn't belong to me mm-hmm. or to the United Methodist Church. Is Christ's table? If you repent of your sin and you seek to live in peace and love and love with God and one another, you are welcome. So at that point, whether you are a member of the church, you are baptized. You are a guest. You have been a member of a Muslim or Buddhist or, or in, even an atheist, it doesn't matter if at that point you are responding to God's invitation, something is happening in your life. You're saying, I want to partake of this. I want to partake of Christ's table. No one is going to stop you. That's good. Because it is Christ's table. Yeah. He is the one that is hosting. Right. Uh, now, I understand how people have different opinions on that matter. Sure. Uh, but to me, that is so critical in my theological understanding of God's grace. Yeah. In that I'm not judged. It's not your place. It is not my place That's to judge good. anyone's uh, uh, readiness or not. It is my place to open the table. You're there, to, you're there to facilitate. I want to yeah. circle back it. to that. I have a couple questions. I want to make an, a couple of announcements on the show. Yeah. But before we do that, I want to be thankful we didn't talk about baptism. Because when you said baptized, all I could think of is Nacho Libre saying, Why have you never been baptized? <laughs> With your accent. And I just want to make sure. Bapti- remind me not to have a baptism episode with you because that's all I will be able to think about the entire show. So on a more serious note, for those of you who are still watching after that awful oh, joke, yeah. we just um, lost 18 viewers. I'd really, I'd really encourage you guys to go to our website at theremnantradio.com and give. We're looking to upgrade our equipment. What you don't know is we're filming this show on cell phones. Uh, we've got it going to podcasts. We've got it going to Google Play. We've got it going to Spotify and iTunes and YouTube. We're going on satellite networks and the Aramaic Broadcasting Network. We're all over the place doing our best to get the gospel out there. We have different pastors and teachers come on and help us uh, get the message of the gospel and critical thinking into the hands of the body of Christ. Help us do that. We're trying to raise $25,000. Uh, that would upgrade our equipment to what we call industry standard. So we could ultimately, I mean, it's not the best equipment, but we'd be able to get on nearly, I mean, I say nearly absolutely every satellite network yeah. out there. Yeah. So um, uh, really looking forward to that. Please help us out. That will bless us and the world with the gospel. Yeah. But but circling back around to what you had said a second ago, um, we need to talk about open table. Now, you encourage people, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if those kinds of things, um, uh, those things are kind of hard to tell. But like yeah. even Paul, what he would say in First Corinthians, you know there's a dude who's among you. And he's sleeping with his mom or his wife's, his his, his, <laughs> his dad's wife, right? And he's like, cut him off from community. And and I think the implication would be also communion. Yes. So if there is, if they're again not judging, not yeah, saying, hey, of course, of course. I saw that you wore a office shirt the other day, and yeah. obviously Christians can't wear, um, you know, television shirts like that. <laughs> obviously they can't. Uh, you are no longer allowed to take communion. Yeah. Not that, but. Here's well, a guy who's bragging about his lascivious lifestyle. Yeah. 
how do you handle oh, that? Well, you know, that's a tough question. Yeah, it is. That's At the end I of the day, it. you know, no, thank you. Thank that's you. And I love that. You know, I love that. That's uh, this is what makes us, you know, uh, better thinkers. Uh, I will always say I've never been put in that position, by the way. That's I'll, never happened. I will always say with with grace. You know, I, I prefer to be wrong uh, by extending grace than, pref- than being wrong by not extending grace. Sure. So, you know, if someone, he, he, here is, here is uh, the challenge. If someone, if you have expressed, if you have explained, if you have presented well uh, what you are doing in communion, if you have, you know, proclaimed the word, if you have talked about confession and forgiveness and, and what Christ has accomplished for us sinners, and then, and then at the end you offer the invitation for someone to repent, Mm-hmm. For someone to confess, yeah. if at that point that person responds to that, then isn't that what we are about? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that in you know, in worship is a it, it is a public public space. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we open our doors and well, you know, that's what I believe. You know, it, it's a public space. Everyone is welcome. Oh yeah, we love heathens worshiping. Yes, yeah. we're all for it. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone is sitting there and they respond, if you did your job. Because I mean, you have to be—you have to do your job. You have to explain, you know, what is taking sure. place, right? Mm-hmm. And if someone responds to that, then you have accomplished the gospel, sure. right? Yeah. Right. So going back to what you what you said, I, uh, if it is not the worship space, if, if it is not taking place during the act of communion, I mean, you can definitely address someone. I mean, that is part of our job as Christians or or our calling uh, to encourage one another, right? Sure. But I would never. Uh, stop anyone from partaking of the Lord's table uh, if that person is responding to God's grace. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, but that's in, not in, even the situation though where Josh is talking about someone who is, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I repent, cool, yeah, whatever, yeah. and they go down. And his, like his mom's still sitting with. Yeah, him. he's like, yeah, honey, let's go down. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, but at the same time, um, we repent right it's now. Um, I know it is messed up, but unfortunately, there's people that have the mindset. But what do like, you do about that? I mean, what you, you do is you tell them this. Just so you know, the scriptures say there's some of you who have like gotten sick and fallen asleep. Wink, wink. wink and died wink. because you're taking communion. Yeah. In an unworthy, in an unworthy fashion. So, so lay that's that on fair. There, that there are so... some people who who take that to There's mean that. different things. Yeah, literally die, literally got sick. What do you think? I mean, if he says li- sick and oh fall asleep, no. I mean, because there are people yeah. who allegorize that because that yeah, just sounds yeah. mean and judgy. Well, I mean, I don't know how you allegorize Ananias and Sapphira. Well, I was going to say, ask Ananias and Sapphira <laughs> how judgy you know. Holy Spirit can be. <laughs> well, I I think if you if you if you look, uh, uh, you know. At those situations beyond what is maybe just a facade, you will, you will, I, I dare to say, you will find out that it reflects more the fears of the people, their assumptions, than actually the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the many of the things that we say, you know, about church, about our faith, uh, they are not even biblical. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the prayer of salvation. Oh, if you yeah. say this prayer right now, oh, you're yeah, gonna be there, saved. Man. If yeah. you don't, you're gonna go to hell. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Is mm, is is, is that a, a magical formula? Selling, selling, selling the uh, old Catholic. What are those things they used to sell for? A penance. Uh, yeah, no, well, they used to sell those things for indulgence, salvation. Indul- indulgences. So indulgences. indulgences. Let's start selling some indulgences. So, I'm not saying we that can raise is, our support that way, Josh. I'm not saying that there is no value <laughs> in that. I'm just saying that we have to be very just, uh, very attentive to uh, uh, abs- making absolutes of sure. Uh, of no, I hear you. Yeah. So if. You know, I tell like I've told people that in communion. Every time I take communion, I go, 
there's a verse that says if you're not a believer no i, no, I, I was always it's always graceful and you know like yeah. fine and like hey guys thank you so much for coming we're participating in communion <laughs> this is an act between god and the covenant community of, yeah. of god like his covenant people uh, it's an act where we worship him and we declare Correct. his resurrection yeah. death burial whatever if if you have unrepentant sin in your life you're not living for the lord i ask that we just take a moment to get Correct. our hearts right with jesus that's exactly um, right yeah. and then it's like hey if if you don't if you're not ready for that kind of decision i always give them both ways mm-hmm. out if you're not ready for that decision no one in this room is going to judge you as we pass those plates you feel no obligation that's to take perfectly that. fine yes um and then i then i warn them it's like the Bible warns that there are people who have partic- participated in this in an unworthy fashion. And that's not to say that a person who's, like, struggling with sin and who's like, right. Lord, forgive me. Like, like, oh, no, I got this I got this thing that I'm trying to work out of my life, and I'm repentant over it, and I'm, I'm sorrowful over it. But I know it's like, yeah, yeah like, I can take this thing and I'm going to drop dead. That's not at all, <laughs> at all. This is, this is. Uh, sure. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Pharaoh, speaking of Passover, this, yeah. this is, this is yeah. God's grace trying to conform, trying to soften people's heart. And they go, no, I'm not going to do this. And like it's just slam the cup, yeah. <laughs> like, a, yeah. Anyway, so uh, yes, yeah, I always, I'm always careful, and I'm always warning, and I always I say, hey, this is what the scriptures say. This is what I believe them to mean. So participate with this with caution. Yeah. Um, but if you are a believer, take this with with eagerness. Yeah. Take it with joy. Take mm-hmm. it with worship. This isn't a thing to be afraid of. Like, this is a yes. great grace and mercy that's played on the body of Christ. Yeah. It's it's where it's it's Romans two. Yeah. Do you not know that it's the goodness of God meant to lead you to repentance? If you're mm-hmm. if you're not that's a joyous scripture for those who are yeah. believers. For those who are non-believers, that should be scary. Yeah. So, I was gonna say. So, what is your what is your ultimate position? What do you? I mean, feel free to share. Like, what do you feel like? You feel like there's one of my favorite passages. So that to me are you know speak to the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, in a very powerful way is when Jesus is at the cross between two thieves. One is mocking him. One is you know repentant. Yeah. yeah. And you know actually the one is telling the other, "Hey, stop it. Amen. You and I deserve this. Yeah. This is a, this is a holy man." So at that moment, Jesus realized that that thief uh, recognized I mean, him as, yeah. uh, as, as the Messiah. Today you will be with yeah. me in paradise. Yeah, and, and, he, and this thief only said, remember me. And Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. That's good. So at that, that moment, this man wasn't baptized. He hadn't done any works uh, to deserve forgiveness. Right. He hadn't taken communion. He wasn't a member of the church. Yet he received the fullness of God's grace. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you look at how effortlessly God's grace can raise the, the violence of us by a simple request to just be remembered. I mean, just like that, it happened. Mm-hmm. Right? So I see that happening uh, whenever we gather for church and community specifically. Uh, and I see myself there. And when I don't have, when I don't, when I don't have the words to express uh, my repentance or, or, my, or my anguish, I say, remember me. Mm. So I want to encourage people to never feel like they have to get better to come to God. That's in, good. That makes Absolutely. us that makes as much sense as, as if I was sick and say I don't I don't want to go to the doctor because I'm ashamed of what he or she may say. I want to that's get good, better man. and then I go to a doctor. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's good. And many people be uh, <laughs> many people believe that they have to improve their life before they are welcome into the church or, or or by Christ. My friends, you are always welcome. You are always welcome, and the proof is in that story of the of the thief. You know that is hanging right. next to Jesus and he, Christ. And you even said before that when 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 Judas left he he was given the opportunity though yeah and he wasn't I, he wasn't told to leave of course and he even just ducked yeah, out yeah and i i truly believe you know people may disagree i truly believe that even after his betrayal if he had repented yeah he would have been restored well i, I, I believe so 
this is a fun Greek word. Um, it said he repented of himself. If you go read King James, yes, he go and, good, and, good, and, good. and yeah. it is it is the repentance that leads to death that Second Corinthians speaks about. Second Corinthians seven. There's a worldly repentance that leads to death, and then there's a godly repentance that leads to re- it wasn't that, a repentance. It wasn't a repentance unto Jesus. Well, no. it was a repentance unto man. I feel bad for what I did, yeah. but I didn't turn to the. That's that's beautiful, and you know, th- I thank you for because. You can be repentant, but you are still unable to welcome God's grace. For some reason, oh, yeah. you don't believe that God can forgive you. Yeah. I mean, well, you, are, you are sorry. You're there's sorry. evidence of that. What did you, yeah. Judas did what Jesus did. Yeah. Judas hung himself on a tree. Yeah. Cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. Yeah. Jesus would have taken Holy the curse smokes. forth. You didn't that catch that? Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so right. he, he hung himself on a tree because he, right. was, he was trying to receive the curse for his own actions. Yeah. He was like, I don't deserve this. I'm going. And, and then we do all that yeah. all, constantly. We beat try to, you know, beat ourselves up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Son, Son of perdition right there. Welcome God's grace into your life. God loves you. So we've only got, we've yeah. only got five yeah. minutes left in the program. So as we're talking about this, one of the pieces in studying this that I found very uh, illuminating, uh, very impactful for me personally, is how food throughout history is used as com- a community piece, a piece of relation, a piece mm-hmm. of, of of joy and, and fellowship, and how even in the garden there there was trees, all trees, all trees of grace, one tree of law, tons of grace, right? Yeah. We're just filled with it. Mm-hmm. You can just eat whatever you want, okay. and they're communing with the Lord. They're communing with one another in this place of of food. And fellowship, and that's what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and and as they were eating of the fruit, they were they were worshiping and they were saying they were declaring, "My relationship is with my wife. My relationship is with God." And it wasn't until the enemy gave his own communion, if you will, oh, wow. and offered it up to them that they said, "Okay, we'll be in community. We'll be in communion with the enemy." Right, and this is what separated them from God wow. and from yeah. that relationship. Reminds me of Daniel being with Nebuchadnezzar. He's like, "I ain't gonna eat your stuff from your table. I'm sticking to this." Stuff Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, and then we see that reinstituted with the covering. What happens is we're you're, we're gonna bring you out of Egypt, and we're gonna yeah. institute a way for you to commune with yeah. the Lord. It's yeah. the Lord's Supper, it's right? Tremendous. So, as we as yeah. we are communing with yeah. one another, we're communing with the Lord, and He is reinstituting what He had He had established in times yeah. past through Adam. So He 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 has a shadow, not the fullness of what is to come but a shadow of it. Yeah. And then Christ comes finally to declare uh, that there, there is this, once again, this relationship that's this invitation that's been mm-hmm. offered to the people through covenant with him, this participation uh, both with one another yeah. and with him. Yeah. I, I always think of this, talking about communion reminds me of a, a really awesome story of where I probably really lean in, into like the presence of, of God mm-hmm. being in the midst of it mm-hmm. because um, I've heard testimonies of people taking communion and getting healed and touched and stuff but it's the story of, of Johnny Cash mm-hmm. he was on tour mm-hmm. um, he was deathly ill so sick that he was literally I'm done I, he's, yeah. people are out there in the audience they're about to have a show and he's like I'm not gonna I can't do this right now I gotta go home I gotta go to the doctor whatever and I can't remember who it was someone he was with and touring with was like let's pray let's, let's, let's pray first and so like, okay he's like how do you feel? okay well you know what I feel like we should do communion right now. Mm. Let's do communion. And he's like, okay, so they got some stuff. You know, I'm sure they had some wine. You know, they're on tour. Sure. They're, you know. <laughs> and it so they Johnny went, Cash. yeah, just Johnny Cash. So they went and they got some stuff. And um, yeah, he'd been walking with the Lord for a while. But anyway, so they get some stuff together and they take communion and he's instantly healed. Mm. And he goes on stage, 
plays. He said the best show of his life, and he toured for two years after that wow. continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's just like, man, there's something there. And he's like, from every day forward, I'm taking communion. So like at every show, they were like, we're doing communion every show. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, so there there's something to it. That's Mother beyond, Teresa did that, right? Yeah, there's something to it that's beyond just a, a symbolism to me. Um, I really believe that God wants to meet us in that place. And just like God wants to meet you in worship or God wants to meet you in the prayer line or for us Pentecostals, the fire tunnel at times, you know, well, there's, he wants to meet us in communion. There's an inseparable synergy that takes place there that when you say when we two or three are gathered in his name, he is He's there. there. Yeah. And if communion is a gathering of collective people, you can't deny that his presence is present. That is wow. That was way too rhymey it sounds like i, I got <laughs> that in a, in a sermon or something yeah, yeah. um but that is presence so we've, we've got like you know 60 seconds left in the program how do people follow you just give them a quick about your church about your website that kind of thing well you can always look us up on facebook uh the church that i serve in is Tadus street church and you can look it we're on facebook and the website is tsumc.org I also have a, a personal Facebook page. I just uh, look for Edgar, E-D-J-R, Bazan, B-A-Z-A-N. And I am always posting, you know, different things and sermons and whatnot. Edgar, I really appreciate you coming on. It was an honor to have you. We'll have well, you on you. in the future. If you If you can deal with our, our witty banter uh, and you want to come on later, man, you just let us know the topic. Well, we'll I can uh, see that you are an office fan, so yeah, we're good yeah, there. Yeah. You know, yeah, so okay, so we've we got connections. That's good. Yeah, so, uh, man, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We tune in every single Monday at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we also have a show in the middle of the day on Mondays called Lunchtime Theologians. That show is from 12 to 1.00. And this Wednesday, myself and John Bunn will be doing a, a morning show called Donuts and Doctrines. It's going to be an eight weeks course. We're going to be talking about braided hair, gold jewelry, and uh, reserved seatings in the church. So you guys uh, stay tuned. That's going to be a fun show. Be blessed. We love you. Donate on our website, theremnantradio.com. Be blessed. I want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek in Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description, and you can use the promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classrooms. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.